Hey, and welcome to the final review of the Rugby Championship. And today we'll, we will look at the competition as a whole, answer some of the, the great questions that were posted on Twitter yesterday. Love the interaction with the uh, with the Twitter feed. So thank you to Blake for posting that. And, and to give a, a little bit of a, a snapshot of our opinions about the state of the game, just, just holistically. Uh, but with me today is uh, Jim. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Uh, up and about, mate. Up and about. Looking forward to listening to the... Uh, uh, the, the diatribe that will coming out from uh, from Mr. Leonard, who is also with us today. How are you, Blake? Don't preempt what I'm going to say, mate. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? Um, oh. I, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm happy to hear Jim up and about too. You sound like you're in the dumps last week, buddy. You doing better? Uh, look, I've just completely I boycotted. Ah, so you're feeling good. And apparently, it was the weekend of boycott, from what I've I've heard on my trip around. Yeah, good weekend of boycott. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I was really, really happy. Cooked a steak, watched the league. Great contest in the oh, league. Great no. contest. Oh, you traitor, Jim. A- AFL, you couldn't say couldn't say the same thing. Well, I tried with that. I cannot get around that sport at all. I've said it before, man. I look at it, I see none of the structures that are in front of me. It just looks like children at lunchtime. Yeah, just pushing and shoving and yeah. kicking. But that's my ball. Do, do you know that that's the argument that the majority of people have towards rugby? Just don't get it. People are just lying on it all over the place. Just and we rant and rave at them for not understanding the nuances. But at oh, least there's an offside off line you can follow. Yeah. Parallel universe. I'm born in Victoria. I'm frothing. <laughs> uh, of course you are. But I wasn't, and I just can't get around it. <laughs> no, that's um, and you then, can't and argue with bums on seats, but man, that no, stadium was a rockin'. Mm. It was. Uh, I think um, before the game, I was thinking every single person who had a Waratah scarf in the early two thousands currently has a swan scarf yeah and you know what i reckon that that upper middle class just blow into whoever's successful um yeah they've left and now they're at the swans you know what's missing robbie at the half time of the rugby championship god robbie at the pre-game was outstanding get a bit of snoop dog and dr dre half time of the bledders low they wouldn't that get it rocking Highlight of uh, Robbie for me, but came on. He's done Farnsey. He's absolutely nailed it. Australia's frothing. Uh, check his Instagram. He's in. He's in Disneyland in America. Twelve hours later, he, he was on a flight out of there so fast. I thought he was hanging around because the concerts he's doing here in November. But he's not interested, eh? Nah, nah. I think he'll. Just they they paid him a milli, like a milli for a couple of covers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is um this is just for you, Blake. Um, Shabby can't sting that way. Oh, you, you're just incorrect there, and you're having a go at your own kind. It's crazy. He's just old man. He's past it now. That's all. But the dude, I know he's on a vegan and no alcohol diet. Shredded. Shabby his good, life. He's in good nick. Uh, this is good rugby content, boys. This is all in line with Jim's boycott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you want to start, boys? Because I think uh, we'd be remiss of us. I know I said where, which is the question, but I'm telling you, I think it would be remiss of us to actually not do a quick review of the weekend. And I know there's been a lot of traction, and, and Blake, you put out a few tweets that have really hit a nerve with the rugby community. Why don't you just uh, uh, do a quick synopsis of your thoughts and and obviously where we're at right now with rugby in this country? Um, oh, mate, it just wasn't overly competitive this weekend, was it? All Blacks just pumped us. Um, every facet of the game, but give it up to these Aussie boys. Um, you know, I, I don't reckon there's there's three of them that are in our World Cup run-on team. I don't reckon there's six of them that are in our 23 come the start of the World Cup. Um, 26 injuries later to, to even be in the fight, um, and they gave them hell, all bar when we were down to 13 players. We, we fought pretty hard in the first half. I, I thought it was a fairly courageous performance from the Wallabies. Um, in what was a pretty average game, right? It's just uh, one time. I'm, one I'm going to stop you there, man. I'm, I'm sick of that phrase of courageous effort. What a brave effort that was. I want a contest, man. I don't want a couple of couple of people hanging on for dear life. Contest probably requires 15 on 15. But that's it? what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm just, I guess I'm thinking Wallabies this tournament. Um I don't even think we could grade them because who played? 26 injuries I saw uh, from the starting squad that Rennie originally named. 26 injuries, um, most of them long-term. I'm saying it was courageous and brave to still be in the fight. Like it was a pretty – 26 injuries and nine cards 
in six games of footy. Um, they had a pretty tough run of it. So to to beat the Boomers, to beat the Bockies, um, and to go pretty bloody close to beat New Zealand the week before, um, I actually think Australia, in a weird way, had a bit of a pass mark for the rugby championship. On that, but I'm chiming in. Um, the season that me. these people play, the season that these people play, and I said it last time and you both shot me down, but the amount of rugby that they play, three games into the Super Rugby comp, everyone's playing with an injury. They're yeah. straight up, and they never get the opportunity to recover until the end of November, start of December. So to think that these injuries are an aberration is just wrong. Everyone's playing injured. Just how far do they push it for that yeah, extra? Or, or, and extra all camp. the teams copped it, right? Every like, team cops it. But but was uniquely copped it, the Wallabies. And I don't think we quite have the depth of the other teams either. Like I think he's injured the way into their best back line. But that that doesn't meet your argument before though. You just said that this team that we played that was courageous and whatever you played and for what it was a, a two yellow cards in it. So for 60 minutes, it was a contest, whatever you've just used. You've then said we don't have the depth. Well, I've just looked at an Australian A squad that came out today or yesterday and was, 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 had a lot of very good players in it. This squad has built an, you know, 20 odd, 20 odd players. You just said a 26 injury. Surely the depth is there now. I can't, I don't think you can use that argument anymore. Oh, I, I, no, I think you can. Like, I think our Australia A team is super exciting, uh, and I'm really excited about the team that's named. That Australia A team is not beating the All Blacks. It's not beating the All Black B side but I don't think, or C side but I don't or think, D um, side. But I don't think um, any country around the world, if we're talking about having a complete 23 that's as the second string, is going to compete, uh, uh, be a first string of of any of those countries because the there is the teams are so close together. It's about yeah, having, but that's my point. That's what I'm saying. It's courageous. It was essentially our B side. No, but I'm saying that nobody has that capacity. So I don't think you could use that yard anymore because nobody's in that situation. I would just but say I you have said. a number of players. You're saying that I think you have a huge amount of players to pick from now. So I do think you do have the yeah, depth. But I think- you're saying that you're saying you don't um, have the depth to beat a New Zealand team. I'm saying no country in the world has a second 23 to then beat a first-rate New Zealand team. Which is why I'm saying argument. it was courageous to almost beat them last week okay. with their second-string team. Yeah, but I don't think that you're saying you don't have the depth. But uh, anyway, we're going around in circles. I, I do think Australia are building a good depth of, of personnel. Yeah, I think, I think they're building the depth, but I think 40 to 14 um, – Two cards to none with the with the team we picked in Eden Park. It's not all bad. I'm saying that's a courageous effort. It's tense in here, boys. No, I, no, I, don't I, it's tense. I think no, they played I, well. Yeah, I'm not saying they didn't. I was just questioning your lack of that Australia don't have a lack of depth. That's all. It's not tense. It's it sounds tense. like you could both do with a boycott. Yeah. Let me recommend it. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm down for a boycott. Um, because other than Australia being brave, both games are rugby championship this weekend. Let's be fair, Dinkum. They're borderline unwatchable. I mean, two minutes in, kick off, get your beers, get your boys over. Let's go watch some rugby. Two minutes in, 15 verse 14. How, How good. good. How good. Two minutes into the game because someone made a mistake making a clean out. How good. 15 minutes after that, the penalty count, I think it was 12-3. We had a second bloke go to the bin. All exemplified my favourite point of the whole game, Jimmy, you would have missed this because you were boycotting, was when they made a line break, James Slipper makes a tackle, the ref walks over, puts his hand in his pocket to give him a yellow card, furious, it was about to be our third yellow, and then he goes, check, check, and he goes to check it. In like a moment of sanity, he says, check, check, and then they check it, and James Slipper did nothing wrong. The tackle was legal, he was on side, and then they went, um, Penalty to New Zealand because I'd stopped the game and then they scored off it. I was just like, what are we doing here? And had he not said check, check, we would have had a third yellow for absolutely nothing. Um, I just found the the whole thing was an exemplification of my frustrations with the officiating of the sport at the moment. Um, Twenty. I, I, I just think as a general rule, if you get over 20 penalties in a game of rugby where the, the ball's in play on average about 45 minutes, it's a pretty tough watch. Um, and the Wallabies are about conceding 20 a game themselves at the moment. Um, so 
didn't it didn't enjoy the football is what I'm saying. It didn't feel like a contest. It just felt like how long can we hold New Zealand out for? Um, and and like I said, I thought they were brave um, in doing that. I, I didn't didn't particularly enjoy the rugby all that much. Um, and I think, like you said, Richard, I think that that's hit a sentiment with Australian fans out there. Um, people are frustrated. Any thoughts, boys? I mean, is that where your boycott's coming from, Jim? Yeah, I mean, looking at all the Twitter responses, it wasn't just uh, wasn't just us two. Um, Richard was starkly defending that. But just to bring up your point we were talking about before we pushed record, Richard, about how world rugby doesn't actually give a fuck about the state of the game in Australia. The beast is too big. Yeah, no, I would say, look, um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I totally get that the uh, the product right now that it's uh, is available in Australia is is clearly not the first, second, or probably not even third. Soccer is obviously growing uh, as much as it is at the moment, um, and I think this clamour to you know is a very um, well expressed letter that was sent. I saw on Twitter. There's furor about the fact that the game shouldn't be played like this. Blah blah blah. The harsh reality is is that the world rugby probably doesn't give a shit. Uh, I understand that you know world rugby gave. Australia, the World Cup, so the two World mm-hmm. Cups, which is fantastic. And about you know, 40 mil, it. I think. Um, and the fact is that they they put forward some, um, uh, they, they gave some fees, which obviously were due in advance because of COVID and what have you. Um, so you could argue that they may be due to a point, but in terms of changing laws just based on what's happening in Australia, I, I don't think they do because the game is growing in South America, for example, Chile's in its first World Cup, you know, numbers are growing in other, other areas around the world. Um, so in terms of a product, um, I don't think they're going to change too much. Now, do I think they should? Yeah, absolutely. The laws of the games do need tweaking. Um, the nuances of rugby allow it to be so subjective and allows it to the in different interpretations from one week to the rest. You know, we can't have the black and white, the binary calls that you can in some easier sports. Um, and yeah, the the sense of being correct all the time and, and criticism has led to everything being checked, which means the game is slowing down. So do changes need to be made? Absolutely. Do we want the product in inverted commas to be better? Absolutely. But do I think World Rugby and Bill Momont are going to make some um, huge changes? No, I don't. I don't oh, see it. Certainly not. And certainly not um, before the next World Cup. Nothing's going to be changed at all. Um, but I just, I found, and I saw some people say, you know, in Europe, it's a better product. Um, and someone who was pretty cool sent us the stats for the six nations, um, still averaging, I think it was 23 penalties a game, which was better than every single rugby championship game, but only by about three or four penalties. Um, there was less cards in the six nations. Pleasingly, it was averaging one every two games where the Rugby Championship was 31 cards in 12 games. Um, so there was less cards. So maybe players in the north have adjusted to some of these fucking bananas head clash and knockdown. Oh, that's rules. a lot of cards, man. That's a lot of cards. <laughs> well, it's it's just not competition, right? When you have 31 cards in, in, in 12 games, it's not – you're not I watching think, I think um, just to, they, they are, there's too many cards, too many uh, infringements being done. I think Australia, though, as a rule of thumb, not just in this rugby championship, but over the last few years, and we think back to the Checker era or circa 2019, 2018, they've always kind of had a an issue with discipline. Um, so it's not just in this, uh, I would say, in the infancy right now in the immediate. I think over the last few years, they've not understand, understood the nuances of how the referees want to play or they've got a bad reputation or whatever it is, I don't know. But discipline seems to be an issue for Australia at the moment. And I think I don't know how you change that, whether that's just Rennie or Czech beforehand was telling them to push the boundary as much as they can, to, as all blacks have done for many, many years. And in hey, yeah, it's the, contest, sure. the contest starts with the physicality. It, it sets the tone and it does wonders for how the breakdown and the ad line is won. The mm. physicality of it is a huge part of it. Unfortunately, proper tackle technique means you lose the physical battle. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Australia does have a discipline problem, but it's tough as a Wallaby fan. But you could you could use any two examples, right? I'm just using these two because of the two that I'm aware of. Last week, Lomax picks up old mate, drops him. The rules are it's a yellow, right? I disagree with the rules, but the rules are it's a yellow, borderline red, okay? Play on, they check it, apparently it's fine. I was stoked. I was happy no one got sent off. I was happy for Lomax. This week, two minutes into the game, Holloway, Almost identical when you play them frame by frame. Yellow card. Is that now, the Harry Wilson one? 
Yeah, the Harry Wilson Jet yeah, Holloway one. Someone told me about it. I didn't catch it. <laughs> now I even um I even get why it's a yellow per the rules. Okay, I disagree with the rules. I just don't understand how one week it is and one week it isn't. And then you go to Savarese's head clash. Rob Valentini got sent off in the England series for that exact head clash. And then in this game, Savarese does it. Nothing happens. Like I, you can't have cards if if they're ever going to be missed. Um, it's, I guess that gets to the heart of my frustration. You can talk about a team's discipline all you like, but the inconsistency in which these things are called is bananas. Now, those two examples, Australia was on the receiving end. I'm sure there's a zillion where we were the beneficiaries and the other nation got screwed over. But that just um, seems so black and white to me. If you refer to the TMO, there is no excuse for it not to be inconsistent, for it to be consistent, rather. Like but how no painful excuse. is the referring to the TMO? It doesn't matter if it's consistent, which is it's, it's a step better than what we've got now. You can yeah. forgive a referee in the heat of live action fucking something up, but when the TMO is called upon and it's different to how we Jim. saw it a week or two weeks ago, that's an easy fix, mate. They're, they're fixables, that shit. I just don't I, know why. I, I think the problem is, and I go back to my point before, rugby is a brilliant game, but it is very subjective. A lot of other games, if you look at NFL, it, it's very objective, you know, where the guy's offside or not offside. You know, in football, he is either, to use the same analogy, he's either onside or offside. A guy has gone in high, two-footed off the ground. It's very clear, black or white. Whereas with the rugby, it's very subjective. You can either look that at it. That seven race one isn't subjective. No, 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 no. That one's that one's. Take that it's bit. also it's Bomax also a global sport. The red tape you got to go through to work on the syntax and jargon of a rule is, mm. mate. You'd have more luck getting an independent into the PMC. But I guess just to exemplify all of our points, right? Because we haven't even got to Argentina, and South Africa, which was thirty-nine penalties, ball in play. It's about one a minute. Um, Southern Hemisphere ref to Southern Hemisphere teams, bananas. But I guess the case in point is here we are, end of the season, rugby podcast, chatting about referees again. Whereas you wind the tape back three or four years, Jim was singing a song and we're taking the piss, but we're talking about the lines Kurandrani was running uh, while Israel Falau's a douchebag. Um, here it, was we the, are. it was the players' fault back then. Yeah. I was just going to say, how much How much have we got to? Like, uh, how much have we got to give responsibility over? Like, you know, that Argentina-South Africa game. South Africa gave away a shitload of penalties when they were defending their line. How much uh, emphasis or blame, in inverted commas, do we need to play the uh, play, place on the players and the coaches? Because trying the, to get the players to push the boundary more and more and more because they know that, you know, to give away three points is more beneficial than to give away the try, et cetera. How, like, how much benefit... Uh, uh, but if, if I, I, I don't accept that argument at all because half the time the players look absolutely fucking bewildered while they were penalised. One time they're allowed off the feet, the next time they're not. But anyway, I don't accept that. But if you were to accept that, my argument would be, is it helping? Is penalising them and carding them decreasing the issue? Like the, the current level of penalties and cards, if your argument is it's because players are trying to cheat, well, it's not hey. disincentivizing cheating. It's, no, not, it's not effective in disincentivizing cheating, and it's horrific to watch. What would but be if you want to take that argument? Make the penalty goals nine points. Then oh, that'd be a good like, idea. Let's make let's make it nine points. I like that idea. That's fantastic. That's and then, like, if if you think it's the players infringing, well, then you should go more extreme. There should be more cards. Absolutely. There should be higher penalties. Um, I don't think that changes anything because I would argue a very small percentage of penalties are cynical and the player deliberately. I think they're the player being around that line, which is confusing. When is the ruck formed? When is it hands in the ruck? How long do you take to place the ball? It's those millimetre things. Um, I don't think they're deliberately cheating or being coached into players, but maybe they are. Um, but I, I just find that hard to believe. Like, and, and were players really dumb 20 years ago and didn't do it? Um, no, I don't think they were overdone. And I, look, we don't know. It's it's it is. It's a, it's a hot topic. You know, we want the best product there is available. And yeah, you know, a bit from column A, a bit from column B. Like we just want to make the game watchable. I'm definitely not saying that it is all the players. I'm definitely not saying it's not all the referees. Absolutely agree that I think it comes back to the convoluted uh, laws that that are there and and the interpretation of them. But you're right. It's an absolute shame that we're 
you know, we're speaking for however long we have now on on refereeing. Yeah, on, on the closest it. rugby championship in in absolute years. Yeah, completely. Where, where every team was in it, so many games were close. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the chats around the TV, the chats at the stadium, it's in chat on like Twitter. That. It's about like it's about penalties. Like I texted you, it had a great start. Yeah, like it was it was all in. That's you did. You didn't, you didn't want to. You didn't want to text me, eh, Jim? That's just just having a private little rugby chat, are you? Two of you, mate. I can't keep up with all the group chats. If you're not in one of, I don't know, man. I just the last one that sent a text is what I text my random stuff to. I like it, man. I like it. But um, it started off great, and it just just really fell apart, really dwindled. But there's plenty to be positive about. Like it's oh, over there now. Is. It's over there now. I'm, I'm totally fishing now, Jim. But is that because Australia were competitive at the beginning? Um, well, were they? We got done by Argentina. You were one and one, beat Argentina and then lost to, uh, lost to Argentina or beat Argentina and then beat the All Blacks. So you were two and one at one point. So. Which is below my standard, right? We should have beaten them twice. It's below my standard. Argentina obviously deserved that win as they deserve all the ones they got in the end. Mm. But um, it's below my standard. So I was pretty unhappy. But the conversation, although it was cards, like I remember watching Quade carve, like that game was proper exciting. That was some great champagne rugby, a great product, excellent spectacle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I but agree, it was yeah. on at 5 a.m. though. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not a great yeah, time. We just want to be on here talk, talking about the players. Um, and it is column A, it's column B, right? It's Australia having shit discipline. It's the players making poor choices. Um, it's referees being a little too overzealous. It's some of the the laws, some of this, some of that. Can we kick on to these questions? Yeah, let's yeah, kick but, on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Richard's uh, not in for this chat, is he? <laughs> oh, he's, I'm he's done it going. six weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. No, I've done yeah. it a lot, man. Uh, look, <laughs> from... Um, and you're uh, not even in the chat groups. No, I know. <laughs> I wondered why I'd been kicked out of it. Um, let's, let's go to some of these questions, Okay. Um, so John Shadlow, sorry if I said that. So how realistic is it to keep the Australia team going? Um, how will it take talent to fill up? So I think I'll take that question in two ways. Um, I really hope the Australia A team keeps going because I think it's a great product and looking forward to them playing against Japan. I think it is an agree in a few weeks. Uh, so I'm excited for the for the Australia A and I hope that it does continue. So uh, what do you think, boys, about the yeah. Australia A? Yeah, look, good day, John. Um I think 100% it's a great product and I hope it lasts. I think it's an excellent thing to sort of feed in to the second tier players who will eventually get that call up should injury be the reason why or form be the reason why. We saw Frazier McBride benefit from that product. Um, I think the real talent there or the, the real opportunity is for the PR to turn that into an spectacle of itself. Like Australia A for Japan, there's a close game potentially. There's a game that could be lights out, wide open, great tries, great rugby. I th- yeah, I, I, if I, anything, I'd change the name. Australia A, I don't love. Give them a mascot. Yeah, well, even if you look at the branding of the New Zealand Maori, it's such a, um, such a clever branding. There's definitely something that can be done there. Um, no, I was going to say, I love it. Love this show, eh? It's, it's, it's low-anxiety rugby, but you got to watch it with the stakes not as high, watching that next generation um, of play rugby. I guess my... Um, Going forward, um, getting enough fixtures and games, things like that, it'd be interesting to see how the calendar looks. I don't hate the idea of just joining the New Zealand NPC side with an Australian representative team, which is effectively your Australia A, take a squad, play them out of New Zealand. Um, so they're playing 12 games rather than two here, two here, two here. Uh, but however it works, I want to see it. Long live it continue. I do quite enjoy it. Nice. Um, question from Andrew uh, Dixon. Uh, the back row emergence, that death was a, a depth, should I say, sorry, was a bright spot after Hooper steps aside. If World Cup starts tomorrow and everyone is fit and healthy, uh, what is our, that was his point, six, seven, and eight? And everyone is fit and available. Uh, what would you go, Blake? Who's your six, seven, and eight? Six is the impossible question, right? Um, I think Michael Hooper on his day is our seven. Uh, Fraser McWright has a huge future ahead of him. He just doesn't seem to consistently perform at that level. It's one week on, one week off. Pete Samu is in the form of his life, an absolute 
beast. But maybe we were a little slow to the breakdown when he was at seven uh, with the ball in hand, having someone cleaning out the ball. So I think Hooper's your seven. Uh, Bobby V is is the best player in Australia right now. Um, so he is a walk-in number eight. And six, man, it is a fucking lottery. There's ten blokes I reckon you could name that are half a chance of being six. Um, it's it's a really, really hard one. Um, I'm not convinced on Jed Holloway being the being the Wallaby six. Rob Leota, I think there's a lot of upside with a body that big. Harry Wilson's a tricky one because he's the best performed player in Super Rugby. Absolutely deserves to be there, but it never seems to translate to international. Uru, huge future. Swinton, still off injured. And then you've got blokes like Gamble, Gleeson, Harris. Um, the names just keep coming. There's so much talent. I, I'm genuinely not sure about six. Um, gun to my head right now, I'd probably go Rob Liotta, um as, as my six. How about you, boys? Um, look, cheers, Andrew. But I, I think Rob Liotta, I just... Uh, I don't know. He's a brick short. I think he needs to go to another squad other than the Rebels. Um, maybe benefit from a different program, a different approach, playing a different style of rugby, a successful style of rugby to start with. Um, but I, I think you've got to pick off form. I reckon Samu was underdone. We were screaming his name out in the England series. He'd come on and play a huge impact. His opportunity came too late this time around. Um, so if I had to pick a team tomorrow, I'd probably pick Samu at six, keep the Hooper at seven this time next year, that style. But I think he's deserved it. He is a bit shorter than you probably want your lineup jumpers to be. But mate, his work around the park and his ability to break the line, I think he deserves it. Yeah, I'd actually agree with that because Australia's first game of the Rugby World Cup is actually um, against Georgia. So I actually think that makeup of that back row is a bit loose. Um, I think if you were playing, obviously, one of the other teams in your pool, uh, maybe different. But I think that back row of, of, of Pete Samu, Hooper, and. Um, uh, Bobby uh, V is, is it really works in that in in that forum, and I think it's, it's got a lot of merits. Uh, very mobile. My concern would be carrying, but you know if everyone's fit, you know you get two pub back in there. Um, obviously, Georgia would like the contest, so there's enough grunt in there, particularly with the second rows. Um, so I think that 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 makeup. But you're absolutely right. Six has been an issue for a long time. You know we've we've talked about six being a problem. So. Um, someone needs to step up. And, how how is it coached? But that position, how do they want the six to play compared with the eight outside of the lineup? Play a bit bit looser mm-hmm. on the side. But both of those players, Bobby and Samu, they're flexes. They could play six or eight. Harry Wilson is only an eight. Hooper right. is only a seven. I yeah, think the, the six things all on coaching, right? Like if you look at the England model, it's generally a third uh, second rower tends to be the approach that they take. Um, if you look at the South African model, it tends to be a second number eight. Um, if you look at the historic Australian model, it tends to be a second number seven. Um, so it's however you play it. It's, it's it's probably the only position on the field that has flexibility. Every other position is so specialised into what they do. Yeah, they're um, all skilled. Eight, eight, you'd argue, is much the same, but you know your eight carries. Right. Five years ago, we played a second seven, remember? Exactly, exactly, um, to, to, to quite a bit of success, but our line-out was pretty weak. Um, but, you know, you've got Hooper and Pocock, you play them. So it, ten, it. It, it depends who you've got, right, who you've got in the country. I saw a World 15 without Kiwis named um, on a Twitter site today. I don't know has any credibility, but they had Swain at six there. Um, Crazy. So it's interesting, though, was your genuine you know, third, second rower um, to just have that dominant line out, that, that ability to crush malls, blah, blah, blah. Don't love it, but I think that's what the Jed Holloway approach is. Yeah. But it seems to be just lacking a little bit around the park. Mate, it's an enigma. I don't think we've got the answer here, right? And uh, whoever you pick, you, you pick Samu and you have a shit line out, you look like an idiot. Um you pick Leota and you slow at the breakdown, you look like an idiot. It's hard to win. It's a it's a tricky one. Um, next question from Nelson York. He's talked about is, is the Wallaby World Ranking reflective of, uh, of obviously where they're at? Are we destined to be around Scotland or Argentina or can we reclaim the area that we can be consistently around New Zealand and, and South Africa again? I'll start off with that and just say, absolutely. I think there's a lot of young talent within Australia at the moment and um, I think there's a lot of uh, improvements that need to be made in terms of pathways. Uh, it's so exciting to see the young guy who's 
uh, was it Joey's? I think it was. Who's now made the Australian T Australian A side, and it, just to go for experience that he's in that. Um, he's just been signed by Waratahs. Absolutely, and the 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 gap is between New Zealand, uh, South Africa, and the rest of the world. It's paper thin at the moment. You know, yes, it might be seven or eight in the world, but you win a few games and you do be successful on the spring tour, you're suddenly back up to you know second and third in the world. So, that's such a question. Absolutely, I think yeah, I think they can. And as soon as um, and obviously the, the the Wallabies become successful by winning games, the people will come back. It's the same as everyone who's wearing a Swans sh uh, scarf at the moment. It's only because they're winning. As soon as they start losing again, they'll, they'll, they'll suddenly lose that again. Yeah, back so, on GWS. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think absolutely. Where they have they gone? Yeah. Well, cheers, Nelson. And uh, for our long-time listeners, you might recognise him as our Queensland correspondent. Um, but That's a great shout. <laughs> he... Um, I think we are. I think we're very deserving of where we are in the world rankings based off the win-loss ratio. Um, and I'm careful where you said, Richard, we've got a, a lot of talent coming through at the, our, our junior levels. And, you know, talent might be the word, the right word, but we've got a lot of, I think probably more accurately, there's a lot of passion coming through the junior levels. A lot of players who are working really hard, playing week in and week out, bettering their skills, but them translating to the global stage, it's, I mean, you say we're paper thin between the teams, but in terms of our step up, it's not paper, mate. That's a, that's a couple of reams. It's a, that's a couple of reflex boxes between them being ready to perform. Consistency might be stage. a few reflex boxes. That um, too. I'll give you the optimistic and the pessimistic. The optimistic is I totally agree with Richard. I think the gap between one and nine in rugby has never been closer, which is why this World Cup year is going to be so bloody exciting. Um, and I think anyone can win it. And there is no clear dominance anywhere in the world. Um, and I think we're not far off, right? We beat England this year. We beat South Africa this year. We beat Argentina this year. Let's be honest, beat New Zealand this year. Um, there's not much in it. So exciting and 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 hopeful. Um, on the other hand, I kind of think we are Scotland and we probably have been for five or six years. Um, and as a kid who grew up in the early 2000s, it's pretty fucking hard and it's probably why I come on so neck here sometimes. Mate, Scotland's um, got our number. Because you remember those golden years and we haven't been consistently good. We had one good season 2015, five good games under running where we didn't drop one. The consistency just hasn't been there. It's been a long time since we can be in that two, three conversation consistently. Mate, we lost that. We lost to Scotland in the quarters um, there. And then you know all that optimism <laughs> about the, the future, um, I, I, I do share it and I do kind of think there's that Olympics bump, right? We've got a World Cup coming, potential private equity coming. There's a lot of rugby league players we can steal. Um, They're not coming and ref haters. Probably means we can keep some of the rugby union talent coming out of high school like Jorgensen. Um, which is exciting, which we haven't for the last decade, which has really, really cost us. They've all gone to rugby league. Um, so I, I think could get used will, to saying that name. There will be some 2017 bump. And I think when you look at the Wallabies and the Australia A squad, there's a genuine under 25 team mm. that you could pick that looks fierce. But then the pessimistic side of that is I just don't think we have the systems. Well, I look I at Edmund, I look at Harrison, I look at Donald, I look at Lolaseo. I even look at Len Ikatow, who who's, you know, in the argument behind ARM as one of the best 13s in the world. I don't feel like any of them are being developed. And there was an article that came out today um, that Tupo signed with Australian rugby for four more years, uh, but staying in Queensland is contingent on the coach, uh, basically saying he doesn't feel like he's being developed there. It's the subtext, and it sort of implied Fox Sports to take over the pitch herself, but it implied Solokai Loto felt the same. Isaac Lucas felt the same. Um, lots of those stars that left Queensland didn't feel like they were being developed there. Uh, it looks like the only system we have in place is the Brumbies. Everywhere else seems fucking helter-skelter at the moment. Uh, and these kids coming through, there's not a lot of footy to play. There is no NRC. Club rugby, you fucking play an us, mate. It's not a very high standard. Um, so you what? You sit in a super rugby squad for three years, get a couple minutes here or there, it's a big step up to play the All Blacks. Like, I just, I worry we have the pathways in place to get the minutes in positions and get consistency. So that's the pessimistic side. The answer and is I we think, don't have those systems in Australia. You've got to do the Parecki route. 
Yeah, or like Debrasini go play in New Zealand. And you know what Debrasini said about it? He said, you just play more often. There's nothing secret at training. You just play more often when you play over there. Um, so I don't yeah, know. Right. So that's that's my pessimistic answer to that. Will we recover? I feel like there'll be a 2027 bounce given the, the talent and the age of the talent and potential money coming into rugby. Uh, but I just don't know if we've got the the systems to develop that talent. Uh, and case in point, they all got a fucking Europe, and we're told how good they are now. Look at Japan, and we're told how good they are now. Don't, don't they love that yarn? <laughs> and whilst they were here, we you know they didn't have a starting spot in a Super Rugby team. There yeah. we go. Next so, question. Um, it's not really a question, but a statement. I just wanted you to agree with this. Uh, Glenn Phillips uh, said the year is not over, but how good was Fiji and uh, uh, Moana Pacifica in Super Rugby? So how good was it to see them both in the tournament this year? Fantastic, I thought. Boys, would you agree? Sensational. I'm pumped for the draw next year. I think they've both got five home games. And I think they'll play each other in the first round too, I believe, potentially, which is uh, fantastic to them. Uh, what about Tars at Leichhardt, Jim? What were your thoughts on seeing? I thought the atmosphere was great. It was good to see them go back to the, the you know, the local people, small ground, great atmosphere. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jim? Yeah, look, cheers, Glenn. I thought the um, Moana and the other team, one of the highlights of the year, one of the highlights of the year, their inclusion and their competitiveness, um, and what they brought to that comp and the Tars at Leichhardt, when they're taken away, it'll be a tragedy, absolute tragedy. Ali, Alians, from what I've spoken to, it's the same shit, man. It's really hard to go to the toilet. It's hard to get a pie and a schooner. And you can't, That's the feedback and you, that I've and you got. Can't get a train out there either. Yeah, two. They spent a billy on it. And still, it's hard. Still can't get a schooner. Mm. Still um, holding your piss. I don't quite get it. But um, the Tars at Leichhardt, mate. Hey, there was a vibe. There was a vibe at Allianz. There's not going to be a vibe. Mm. Not this year. Not next year. What about a question from Josh um, Moldorf? Sorry if I've said that right. So Cooper, Karevi, and Corabete are all walk-ins when fit, but have any of our overseas forwards justified their inclusion over local talent? That's part one of the question. Which player got more game time because of injury stood up than others? Was it um, Pete, Pistol Pete Saibu, Fulketti, Mike Wright, Frost? Who was the person that stood out the most for you? So I would say, first of all, I was really impressed with, uh, with um, well, the first part of the question, do any of you overseas forwards? No, I don't think they have. I think uh, Rory Arnold was a bit of a myth. I think. Don't often translate, mate. Name one who's come, come across and killed it. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's a bit of a Bax. myth. Back, yeah, backs, backs forwards. up. Yeah, oh, yeah forwards. Yeah. We just talk about forwards. I, I don't think Rory Arnold did himself justice. I don't think Will Skelton. There's some good chat about him, but not really. Um, so none of the forwards, I don't think, have sold that, um, you know, put their stamp down. And the other one who got more time uh, more time because of an injury stood up, I was actually really impressed with, with Samu, um, I think, over the others. I've always questioned, had a question mark over him, um, but I really like uh, the way he's playing. And actually, I think there's a lot of potential in Frost. He excites me as a as a, as a potential for the Wallabies moving forward. So they would be my two. What would you say, Blake? Uh, in terms of the internationals coming over, it's tricky with forwards because I think forwards, even more than backs, are a system. Um, maybe the back row can be flashy, but they're just part of a system. Um, and for a forward to stand out in the tight five, they've kind of got to play week in, week out um, and really build that consistency. When you're looking at Arnold and Skelton, I mean, I don't know who else we're talking about in the forwards. Um, they've just been sprinkled in and dropped in. They've done all right. Mm. Not not particularly better than Holloway, Neville, Phillip. Frost, like it's a, it's just a dog's breakfast in the second row at the moment. There's plenty of talent there, um, and I and I do think come World Cup time, Rory Arnold and Isaac Rudder are probably the second row. They probably just need three months together uh, with the same hooker chucking it to them, um, or it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Um, so I don't think either of them played poorly. I think they will feature um, in the spring tour definitely. Um, Arnold and Skelton, but no, they, they certainly didn't dominate. Is it worth persevering with them? I don't know. World Cup year changes that a little bit because you probably just want the best player out there. Um, so I don't know. It's just a dog's breakfast for me. I think they need to pick consistently. Um, in terms of who stood up short of other players, um, I, I really just think Valentini um, showed us his absolute is ready at this level that absolute ability to play at this level, that question mark we always had. Um, I, th I don't think there was a team of the tournament picked without him. 
Um, he was an absolute beast at number eight and played well at six as well. Um, and then the other one that really pleased me was just how good Andrew Kellaway looked again. Um, you know, he was freaky last year in a Wallaby jersey and then had an injured stop-start Rebel season. To see him just slot back in and, and look comfortable really pleased me. Um, and then still my sunshine, Lenny Cattell, always, always very happy with his performances in gold. So I thought those three definitely stood out for me. Jim? Um, yeah, look, three things from me. First thing, thanks, Josh. Two is you would have thought that Rory Arnold coming back into a McKellar system, it would have just been like old mates riding a bike together in tandem. It would have been more work for Holloway, maybe learning a whole new system. Um, this is just me reading between the lines, but I thought that was sort of why he got selected there. He would have been used to how he liked to run shit. Um, obviously didn't translate. I reckon you come across from Europe, you don't know the boys, you're not into the into the 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 in jokes. You feel like a bit of a guest until you earn your stripes. I don't know how that works in the inner circle, but clearly it takes time. Um and we're talking about highlights in the back line or highlights in the team. Highlights in the who stood up in, yeah. in lieu of twenty six injuries, you know. Like lots, Betty, of, lots of blokes got minutes that otherwise wouldn't have Obviously, Corabetti, but he's in a Wallaby 15 normally. So is Len Ikatow. So is Len Ikatow. You're right. And then, and then, and then Fichetti. Probably Fichetti played, yeah. played, did more than his bit. He's out for a year now. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's playing inside centre on a European tour? Iray Simone, come back, please. Will he count as a European player? Who's, who's apparently killing it? There's already an article about how well he's doing over there with his blonde tips. I'm sure there is. There always is. They There's love always it. the article there. They love They're it. They're always they? the article. Um, yeah, right. Uh, and I'll also shout out to Slipper and Alan, our front rowers. I really thought this was going to be the year where it was going to be Bell and Tupo. Bell and Tupo, inconsistent and injured and unfit. Um, Slipper and Al Alatoa showed up. Our scrum was strong. Good on them. Uh, next question from um, a Graham Leonard. Uh, oh. What what do you what do you men think of bringing a level of fatigue back into the game of rugby by reducing game day squads to nineteen players? Jim, what do you reckon? Right. Yeah. Look, thanks, Graham. Long time listener. Um, I think there's a lot of fatigue in the sport as is. How I, I reckon keep the bench as is and fucking hurry everything up. Have a have a scrum clock. Have something. Speed the game up in general. Hmm. That's what uh, they, if we want to introduce fatigue, that's the that's the answer, isn't it? Look, the the nitty gritty of this might be tricky. You'd probably have to have a sports scientist to do the data to make sure players aren't getting injured and da da da. You'd probably still have to name eight or nine on the bench because of the consistent positions. But I wouldn't hate if it was like soccer. You could name eight on the bench, but only three got on. Um, and have some emergency rules for your front row or something because I actually think it's a huge problem. Uh, fatigue has gone out of the game. Every single player is an absolute fucking unit. Um, Chelsea Colby is an exception to the rule, but you look at like a Damien McKenzie, some of these blokes that, you know, 10, 15 years ago would have been all-time players, never made it at that top level because everyone's just so fucking big. Um, and then the fact South Africa just bring on a bomb squad, just bring on four blokes at 140 kilos to play the last 25 minutes. Um, I think it sucks that it's taking something out of the game that seemed to be there. Fatties used to get tired. Uh, it doesn't seem to happen as much now. Um, I would like to see it, but obviously that's purely hypothetical. How about you, Richard? Yeah, I actually think um, I understand what your point about uh, the bomb squad, but I think you'd need to have a like a benches. Dicks, I like your idea of being able to have only allowed to have a certain number of players come on. I think that having the bomb squad is important because it then allows the scrum to be able to continue for the entire game and we don't go down to, um, obviously, uncontested scrum. So I think we would have to have a maybe a full front row replacement on there. Um, and then on the rest of it, you know, maybe it is you're allowed to name four more, you know, five other players, but only three of them are, are allowed to be allowed to go on. And I think the players where they are come on, I think they... I think that's important. So you have a front row that can come on at all points, uh, but the rest of them maybe if you know two others or three others. Because I think having fatigue in the game is really important because it creates extra space, more running rugby, etc. Uh, but I couldn't agree with you more, Jim, about having to just speed the game. The idea of a water break, 
come on, literally get on with it. I know injury is a huge point. And Maybe if you're playing in Singapore, everyone else can. Yeah. on. I understand head injuries are super important and the doctor has to stop the game. But other than that, every other sport pretty much um, continues. You know, let's just let's just play the game. You know, if a guy's on the ground and he's got cramp or whatever and he's the line-out jumper, well, I'm sorry, it sucks to be you right now. Let's continue the game, please. We don't need to stop it. Everyone just stretch the hamstring and whatever. Like, we just need to speed the game up. Love so, it. And if you're the hooker, someone else is chucking it in. Yeah, absolutely. There's enough. There's a prop yeah. can throw it in. It doesn't matter. Just play the game. Or pistol Pete Samo, like on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So Love it. I love that shit. Uh, to me, front row replacement has to be there, but yeah, I like your idea of picking maybe three, a maximum of three others, and that's it. And if you if you're injured, you have to come up. That's it. As much space as we can get. I like it. Um, okay, next question. Uh, so, kill it. These questions, Rishi. Keep trying to click on there, but you're too quick. Oh, mate, go on. You can you can have your time, mate. Go for it. Which which are you going to choose? Uh, all right. This question is from Sam Hopkins. Is this, the, is this the most dislike All Blacks team as a whole? Foster is a fuckwit. Ethan group doing the crying action to the Wallabies. Rico, Sevo, loaded question. <laughs> there you go, boys. <laughs> I, I don't think it is, but what do you boys reckon? Most disliked, disliked All Black team ever. As a bunch of individuals, absolutely. Uh, but as a collective team, no. Uh, because when the All Blacks were much better, they were absolutely spanking everybody. They were I just disliked them because they were so good and I hated them just like, you know, we hated the Patriots at a time or hated the Wallabies at certain points. But as a bunch of individuals that are not very nice humans, from the outside, I'm sure they're very nice, other than Savio Reese is not very nice, full stop. But, um, yes, then they are a not very nice bunch of individuals. Yeah, cheers, Sam. The, 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 the truth is that people don't like the All Blacks because they win and mm. – Kiwis don't like the All Blacks when they lose, and they've done both this year. <laughs> yes, and no one likes them. Now, I've got, I've got no problem. Obviously, Sever Reese is an exception. I think it's another bloke in the forward pack too. Um, whatever, mate. I Actually, I've always just had a, a respect for the way the Kiwis play rugby. And, and Yeah, there's respect, are. but dislike at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to beat them. And, and um, the fucking whingy, whingy little Twitter following the All Blacks. Don't they? They really do. Oh God! I mean, you know, fuck, we're probably the same. But can I just say, as a as a as a stereotype, I'm apparently the most whingiest whingiest person in the world because I'm a pom. But living here goes without saying. But <laughs> going here, we're definitely not the whingiest. I'm sorry, definitely not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's outrageous, man. <laughs> Is that the next question? Yeah, that's the next question. Who is the windiest nation out of the, the a Pommy, an Australian, and a New Zealander? It's just whoever's doing the worst, isn't it? But yeah. clearly a Pommy. Mm. And, uh, you're fucking no. nuts. <laughs> it's only because you suck at soccer on an international stage and you suck at cricket for an international stage. But cheers for the question, Richard. Richard. So, uh, I've got a question for uh, you, boys. Of, hang on, hang on. First of all, there's no such thing as soccer, man. It's called his proper name. Yep, go on, next question. Uh, I hope I pronounced his name right. Param Sharma, um, great question. Can you ask why a brilliant league bloke, Vinovalo, is not given a single chance, that's not true, you've got two minutes, um, a single chance to showcase his skills for the Wallabies? Um, what do you reckon about that, boys? Look, that's a great question, man. I've often pondered that. I mean, you're not taking Corabetti off. You're not throwing him under the high ball. And Tom Ray, everyone, Tom Wright, everyone's been talking about playing some great form. But no, everyone's things, off him after the weekend. As they sh- oh, what happened? <laughs> <Don't stop>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the opportunity, right? Give him a couple of games. What else have we got to lose? Richard, Vinavalo. He just needs to play, man. He Now's the time to find to out. Like he has to play, in my opinion, which is not worth a pinch of salt. It's not worth a grain of salt, whatever. He needs to play every European Tour game from now until the end of the season. He 100%. needs to play. Okay, we yeah, we know what Tom more. Wright. We know what Tom Wright looks like. We know what Research looks like. We know what Kelly. He just needs to play. I want to see Corabete on one wing. I want to see Vunavalo on the other wing, and I want to see Kelly at fullback. And I want to see Hodge at ten. Hey, yuck. We'll get to that in a minute, Jim. That's yeah, let's not nuts. go that. Let's not go that far. Jim. Well, that last time I checked in, he was killing it. And um, what happened during oh, the boycott? Yeah. What happened? Um, no, I, I agree with you, Richard, 1,000%. Uh, 
Um, and I mean, I just think the evidence is there, right? Leagueys haven't really struggled on the wing to come over to rugby union. Jason Robinson, Lottie Takiri, Israel Falau, Wendell Saylor, Matt Rogers, take your pick. Tomato Tahu, not so much, but they tried him at 12. Um, the, the conversion to Corabetti, the conversion on the wing, it's pretty fucking strong. I think there is a bias in rugby that um, assumes that you can't have two running wingers. You need one that's a bit of a second fullback um, in terms of kick returns. I think that's bonkers. It undervalues what Corabetti and Vinavala can do on counter. Um, and um, your 5-8 drops back all the time anyway, if not your halfback, depending on the system you use to defend. Um, it needs to be Vinavala and Corabetti. The conversion rate of rugby league winger to rugby union is pretty fucking strong. This bloke wasn't an average rugby league winger. He scored a zillion tries for the Melbourne Storm. He was a fucking freak. Um, the fact that he what? hasn't played through injury sucks, um, but we need to see it, eh? Like, I'll be surprised if he isn't good. I'll be very surprised. But wasn't but it? If um, it does sorry, suck, we need to see it. Wasn't it? And correct me if I'm wrong, both of you. But they also know how to play as a back three because they were on the same pitch at the same time for the Storm. They were on opposite wings during their time together at the Storm. So they understand how to work as a back three as well and go and get kick receipts, et cetera. So it's not exactly like the games are exponentially different as a winger. I agree with your point completely. We just have to see it. Just have to see it. Hey, I'm going to go rogue. This is a question from Blake Leonard. Um, Excuse me. It's not, it's not on the feed. It's not just on the really feed. quickly, um, and I guess I'll give a bit of lead in, but just has Dave Rennie managed the bench worse than any other international coach? And I'll take, obviously, Forgetty getting injured just fucked us this game. We didn't have a reserve 12. But to bring Pataya on, and move Lenin Katow the form 13 to 12. It was the game was lost then. That was when Jordan waltzed through and scored that piss easy try. The the weeks before, only picking two backs. Like, why didn't Reese Hodge come on the field? Why did Hanley play with it? Like, it was just insane to me that decision. And it was the same throughout the rugby championship. His management of the bench. And then Kellaway came off, our only back who wasn't playing like AIDS. Um, I don't know. What do you boys think, Dave? For any, do you suck at managing yeah. the bench? Loaded question. I led you in, okay? Guilty. But what yeah, do you reckon? Look, look, cheers for writing in, Blake. But it's definitely been a comment that we've said all throughout these series because we found ourselves in a position with an injury to manage, and we've had too much of a huge disruption um, for us to manage that successfully. Even when you get carded, mate, which has been the theme of this competition, our ability to form a backline that is threatening. Is, is just not there. I think it's well worth a shout that it's been a very, very mismanaged backline or he doesn't believe or he has a, a misbelief in what we actually have, what each player can actually do. I always think it's more so that. I reckon coaches prominently lie to themselves about the talent in the team. Um, what do you reckon, Rich? Uh, first of all, thank you for the second Leonard question of this podcast. Uh, first one from Graham, this one from Blake. So it's a good household. Um, I actually think... Uh, it, it's. I think it actually has been mismanaged, but we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know whether the players or the continuity or that kind of stuff. But I feel like he's either been very unlucky or it's poorly mismanaged, which I do believe, because there's been too many times in this where one change has, mean, has made a massive switcheroo in several positions, and we know how important cohesion is. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe the makeup of his bench, there's been 6-2 uh, makeup so many times. Um, I think it's one area that he definitely needs to improve upon because it seems he doesn't trust uh, a huge number of his squad players, or that's what it perceives to be the case at the moment. Mm, mm. You know what? I've always got a bunch of theories on how rugby can improve. I think my most, what did I have, like a UFC-type competition, the contender. Mm. I thought a Saudi-back comp. I still think that that might be the way to go, let the boys play. But um, even like a Drive to Survive sort of Netflix series, start one next year. Go behind the scenes in Super Rugby, carry over to the international, get the, cameras, get the cameras backstage. Let's see what's going on. Let us let, direct it. Let Give us creative control. Wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah. that, wouldn't that be great? School of Hard Knocks slash Drive to Succeed, you know, that kind of just following the Queensland Reds and watching Brad Thorne just 
just I don't know what he does. Apparently, let, let us place. let us see the disappointment behind the scenes. Let us see the work that is getting put in. Let us see the fun that they're having as well. You know, give us some buy-in other than Sonny Bill giving me some run-of-the-mill jumble of words. Because um, he's he's as personal as it gets, though. He's as personal as it gets to talking to those players where you might see some truth and some actual character come through. Everyone else is just running through the PR they're taught. But, um, yeah, well, they, that's an idea. If this thing's, if this is a sinking ship, mate, Give stand. us a doco with Hooper going home, what Slipper's speech immediately after it. You know who does that? And the, the British and Irish Lions have got a um, an Instagram feed and they just release little snippets from like 20, 30 years ago of pre-post-game chats. I fucking love them. Isn't it? That O'Connell one all time. There was a Jason Leonard one today talking about when Jason Leonard wasn't picked and what he did at training to prepare the other boys that were picked. Dude, I wanted to run through a fucking wall. Yeah, it's like Texas Tech college team, mate. They beat a big big name school and they they always go back to scenes and hear the coach's speech. It's It's so fucking cool. Watch the boys rally behind the. You reckon Rennie's got it in him? I don't know. The guitar out. That and the whiteboard. Don't you want to see it though? Just even if it is, even if it's just, even if it is just the guitar that he just springs it out at the end of the game. He just lost. Everyone just sits around around each other and they just sing together. Wouldn't you want to see it? And just just cut to Callaway. He went home to get the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shut the distance down between us and that. Um, all right, next question from Andy. With a, This is, you know, Richard, you're a European correspondent. Andy, oh, with geez. a World Club Championship likely to kick off in 2024-2025, which Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere fixture wets your palate the most? Um, look, I think um, the easy answer would be La Rochelle, who were the European Cup champions this year. Um, but I don't think that would be the best team for them to face because they've got a lot of players in there, like I think... Um, What's the, the the former uh, Auckland Blue uh, fly up West? He plays from. Um, I just I think I would just like to see that Leinster. You know the the format yeah. of that Leinster team. I know they lost in the final, or even a Racing. You know the star-studded Racing or, or uh, Toulouse. I think any of those. Yeah, so Leinster, Racing, or or um, Toulouse. I think would be against the three big Kiwi sides. Whether you know it's um, the Crusaders, uh, Canes. Um, and Blues, I think that would be pretty awesome. I know I've not really answered your question because I've given you three games there. Um, but it'd be exciting because it'd be a clash of styles, um, particularly if it's Leinster, it'd be, you know, very much the, the, the Irish team. But any of those games, any of those games would be would be pretty good. I love it. I think I, I'm just not across the European game enough. Lots of news this week, though, and salary caps and wages, horrible stuff. But um, I'd just love to see Crusaders go up against because the been our best for a lifetime. Love to see how they do. Mm. And uh, just as uh, big news as well this week, because not only uh, uh, the salary cap, but there's also an article came out about uh, La Rochelle coach in terms of the abuses he's been given to referees and stuff like that. He got uh, suspended for a while. So uh, big news as well coming out of that. But uh, you're right. I think uh, uh, Toulouse uh, or Toulon, um, you know, been a, been a, a a yardstick, you know, uh, for a while. So I think that would be a, be a great game if you uh, if you could see it happen. It'd be amazing. All right, next question is for you, Jim. Climate Eyes writes in: uh, Would we perform better with a blanket mullet ban? Mm. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Pistol Pete does have a mullet, though. So just you know, when you ponder, does Michael Hooper have a does Michael Hooper have a mullet too? No, not not anymore. Did back in the day. He's he's got a Matt Field, doesn't he? Yeah, he's no. got a more. He's got a bit of an Aussie Matt Field going on. They used to. It's short now. Oh, is just it? remembering the old hoops. I haven't seen him in years. It feels like years. It's a long um, workout, mate. Look, it was a theory back in the day of you know take all individuality outside of the uh, out of the team. Everyone's just the same, mate. Just treat it like day one of the army. Get in there, shave your head. You now, and this is your number. When you hear your number, make sure you answer to it. Um, anyone seen Stripes? Yep. We know that old dressing down scene that that old sergeant does when they're all standing by the bunks. That's how it should start day one, mate. Everyone's shaved head by the bunks. Rennie does laps, oh, telling them oh, they oh. stacked pile of shit. I didn't know they stacked piles of shit this high. I'll, I'll raise you one higher. I'll go the full metal jacket scene. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah, too. I think that's what Stripes is parodying. 
That is a great scene. If you haven't seen that. I'm sure everyone has. I'm sure everyone has seen it, seen for Full Metal Jacket. You know, he was a real army sergeant. He wasn't even an actor. And that's why he nailed it. Just nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, I'm going to watch that straight after this. Yeah. And, and you'll enjoy it. Uh, next question is uh, for you, Richard. Uh, it's from Mitch Parry. Uh, Australia would be better if Bogans weren't genetically pl- obliged to play rugby league. What do you think? Why are you throwing that to me, Blake? <laughs> That's a good question. Do you think we'd be better? Um, I don't think their hair has any kind of dis- you know, uh, impact on, obviously, their performance. However, they, um, it might be, yes. Um, all right, next question, and then I'll um, I'll let um, you boys ask any other questions you got. Next one, real quick, from JW. Um, when will Rob Valentini tuck in the shirt with Pete Samu? They're in the starting spot in the back row. The time's now, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's right. the old knuckle puck. It's the it's the Bash Brothers, right? Ooh, like to see that those two with a tucked in shirt, wouldn't they? Can uh, I just can one I just say one thing? Oh. Yeah. No, I was just going to say before, um, if you want to do one more question, do it, and then I just want to say one other thing. But you go first. Tamis Sandor, uh, who would you rather kiss, marry, or kill out of the Wallabies back three? Now, I'm not. I'm, I don't know if that's the back three, of the forward pack, or the back three, of the back line. I originally read that. It's got to be six, pack. seven, eight. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, six, it's... seven, eight. So kiss, marry, or kill. So we'll go Harry Wilson, Rob Valentini, Pete Samu. It, it's a good-looking trio. I'm marrying Samu. Okay, of course. Yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm definitely marrying Samu. I'd I, just, Harry I just reckon he's sensible. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it kiss, marry, fuck? I don't, I, I don't think it's kill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what you he, said, wasn't it? He did. It, what he it said. was kill. It was kill. I was going to hold off kill, though, but you've gone there, Richard. <laughs> well, I'm just answering the question, Jim. I don't know what's worse. What was your? What did you want to say, Richard? Yeah, I was just going to say it would be. Uh, we'll move on from this then. Um, I'd actually like to say because I don't know whether we'll do a podcast before this. Uh, just take this moment to actually say the one thing that really excites me right now is not the Super Rugby, not the European Tour, but actually starting on the eighth of October is the start of the Women's World Cup. Obviously, with the first game. Yeah, South Africa and France. And I just really want to say that I hope that the, the nation gets behind it because there's some amazing players in there, um, you know, some amazing athletes uh, that are really going to showcase their game. And England go in as red hot favourites because obviously they've won a. Uh, they've, That's they're why the I most... it up. No, not at all. Because I know, but I'm actually more excited about the growth of the the, the Wallaroos. You know, I really hope that they're going to build something. Um, start their first game against uh, obviously New Zealand in, in a tough game, tough game in, at Eden Park, but. Uh, that's actually a group of games. You know, we talk about boycotting, watching the Wallabies and what have you, but that I'm more excited to watch at the moment than some of the men's mm-hmm. test matches. Yeah, and I hope the nation gets behind them when they turn the pages yeah. of history and yeah. they land on that page. Dare mm. they write their names, Richard? Mm. Hey, look, we've we've got there's a lot of we talk about the, the uh, Shannon Parry taking over the captaincy this year for that uh, that Wallaroos team. Been on this podcast, she has, and you spoke to her at, at the Sevens a few years ago. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of real potential, and um, I'm excited, excited to watch it. So glad that it's going to be on old uh, Stan Sports, and um, yeah, genuinely cannot wait. Mm. Um, that I will be setting my watch and watching that. I'm actually looking, for, I'm looking forward to that the most. And I'm optimistically. I know we started this podcast, you know, on the wrong foot. I'm, I'm positive, and I'm excited. I find Super Rugby is always best in a World Cup year. So I cannot wait. The draws just came in. I'm excited. We've got the Women's World Cup around the corner. And I fucking love the spring tour. You know what I fucking love that's coming up? And I think it has some weight to it too, particularly in that year. The Six Nations is going to get dirty. Mm. It's going to get dirty. And Australia A as well. There's a smorgasbord of rugby to come. And I know if if just the cards and the penalties can fuck off a little bit, um, it's going to be brilliant. There's so much good footy coming. And that's the thing. We want to finish on it. We said it last week, or you brought it up quite rightly late last week. Just to finish on it again, the Sevens is just amazing. It's another thing that Australia do fantastically well at the moment. And to get behind the men and women's Sevens, get around the Women's World Cup, the start of the new Super Rugby season, there's a lot of real positives. So the game is going to continue. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll grow with this new coverage, success, etc. So it is exciting at the same time. Yeah, you've convinced me the boycott's over. Boycott's over? Boycott's well, over. <laughs> Well, if if you, how will the Wallabies go on their spring tour? I can't imagine. Well, 
Um, you know, there's not a <laughs> m- miraculous return of, of um, uninjured players coming back, but Michael Hooper looks to be coming back in the side. Um, there's that that talk came out said he won't continue as captain. Um, right, cool. We'll make him like available for yeah. selection, which I, yeah, I think the captain one's tricky though. Because let's be fair, Dinkum, Bell's fit, Slipper's not your starting prop. Yeah, but I, I agree with that point too. But I think the pressure of being a Wallaby captain is the same as like whether it's if you talk about cricket, you know, uh, Joe Root will will bat better because mm. he's not England captain anymore. You know, um, mm. he won't ever score at hundred in Australia because I don't think he'll come out here again. But he'll he'll play better. Um, and I think some players it, it raises their game, whereas others it, it holds too much. Uh, I think for Hooper it did raise his it game. Did, yes, but I think in the you're right, absolutely in the beginning yeah. I think it did, but I think over the last little bit I think it's taken its toll and he's not been the same player. So I, I think it's a great decision for him. Who forward. is Wallaby captain then? Because like you, you could jump over to Ala Toa. He's surely this World Cup and that's it. And mm. most you get in sixty minutes, mm. like at best um, mm. to fit Tupo. Coming off a season, maybe Allen's getting 40 minutes um, or less even. Um, Nick White, don't know if he's starting. You know, where's he a year from now? There's no – I mean, the only the only forward who picks himself right now is Valentini. Yeah, and he's too young. But that maybe it's an opportunity. I don't know what he's like around the park, but that was the what I was thinking of, even an Isaac Rodder when he's fit. I think it has to be a forward. But I think a forward's always in and around the, the breakdown, always uh, there. I'm not saying he can't. Oh, Farrell's into the cap too. But uh, I think it's – well, Courtney Laws is. But I think um, I think an Isaac Rodder or a Bobby Valentino is, is a good thing to be moving forward. And then the back line, right now the only pickums, Corabetti, uh, Iketel. Mm. And Callaway, Callaway at a pinch, but you don't know it's too what quiet. position is he? No, it's too quiet. Yeah, it's tricky. Jim, who's your Wallaby captain? Well, who's the shoe-in for the team? That's what I'm saying. At the, at the mm. moment, the back lines, you're looking at Corabetti and Ikatao are the only shoe-ins, aren't they? Well, it can't be either of them, I don't think. The the forward pack, your only shoe-ins are Valentini. Yeah. Valentini, that's it. Like, is it maybe Parecki? Definitely not the option as a captain long-term. No, you wouldn't think so. Like I think cap- to go with your point before, I think Rod is the long-term option. I think he's a good, you know, whether he's a leader, we don't Pissed know. Pissed off what overseas is, but... and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one, eh? It's tricky. Mm-hmm. It's very anyway. tricky, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to the uh, the European tour, and I think you're right. Look it was going to be Women's World Cup. Look forward to all of it. Uh, absolutely. All yeah. right, boys. Good to see you. Thanks, boys. Yeah, and thanks to everyone on uh, on Twitter. It's the rugby community for it's the amazing. cynicism this week. It's because everyone cares. Everyone fucking loves this game, mate. People are inventing rules, inventing all sorts of shit. It's incredible. Writing, they're writing letters, mate. It's great, mate. Passion. Good love. Love to see it. Absolutely. All right. All right. But still, get your shit together. Um, no, I absolutely love the Australia A. It's not rugby without the anxiety. Um, you can just. I think you muted yourself, Matt. Yeah, I know. He definitely has. Oh, I'm back. <laughs>